Hey everyone, I'm your host, Ichi, and welcome to What Happened Again podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. I know it's been a while since the last episode, but I'm back and I hope everyone had a happy holidays. And so today's episode will be a bit different than the usual format. In two days will be the end of, you know, 2019, but also the end of the 2010s. And so I thought it'd be really fun to just do like a special episode for everybody where I go through my favorite movies of the past 10 years. So let's just get started with 2010. My favorite film of 2010 is The Social Network. And in my opinion, The Social Network is one of the best movies of the whole decade. There are no boring moments in this film. And I just think that the performances of the cast were just really outstanding. And I don't mean just, you know, one or two main characters. I truly mean everybody. And you know that the performances were really great when you have a movie where half of it is just people talking in a room and you're never bored. There's so much tension that happens and it just keeps the story going. And that wouldn't happen if the actors weren't giving it their all. And an example of this, and probably my favorite scene of the whole movie, is when Eduardo finds out that his shares have been diluted. And so we're back in the present day, back in that room. And the lady and Eduardo are discussing, and she says, What was Mr. Zuckerberg's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. What was Duskin Moskovitz's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. What was Sean Parker's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. What was Peter Thiel's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. And what was your ownership share diluted down to? 0.03%. And this scene then leads to their huge fight scene at the very end. And this movie is just so great. It is a movie, in my opinion, that just gets better and better every time you watch it. And so I never get sick and tired of it. And that is why it is my top movie of 2010. Some honorable mentions in 2010 are Inception. Movies that really stick with me are those that end and kind of give me like an eerie feeling afterwards, like not scared, like in a horror movie sense, but more of a like what I understand now might not be right kind of feeling. And there's an analysis video on YouTube that's about 40 minutes long and it tries to explain the whole movie, which is definitely a must see. And so watching Inception and trying to make sense of everything and understand the layers, it just leaves me with that eerie feeling and gets me thinking every time I watch it, which is why I really love this film as well. Other movies that are honorable mentions are Toy Story 3, Tangled, and even Insidious. This is my all-time favorite horror movie. The plot is pretty good for a scary movie, and there's no shortage of jump scares. And it's the like, number one movie that I always recommend whenever there's a scary movie night. So getting into 2011, my favorite film of this year is Source Code. And again, the reason why is just because movies that stick with me are the ones that give me an eerie feeling afterward. And I really enjoyed the movie itself. But it just isn't that super memorable. But at the very end with the alternate realities is what really got me spooked. Um, again, the movie was really enjoyable throughout. But then at the very end when he was still in the simulation, but he was able to survive the train. And now he's living his own life while there's another version of him hooked up to the source code. I thought that was super creepy. And when the movie ended, it just left me with that feeling. And it's that feeling that really is unforgettable. But for other movies in 2011... I'm not sure if I just didn't watch movies or if I only watched rom-coms, but my honorable mentions are No Strings Attached, Just Go With It, Bridesmaids, Friends of Benefits, and New Year's Eve. I'm not a super big rom-com person despite what this list is saying, but these rom-coms are just enjoyable with like a pretty good plot, pretty good acting, 
And so that's why I just made it onto my list because I just really enjoy rewatching these films. And so I'm really excited to get into 2012 because the movie that I chose as my top movie of this year was Wreck-It Ralph. And so this movie is my favorite Disney movie of all time. I was always into Disney movies as most people are when they're kids. And as I was growing up, I enjoyed them just like everybody else, but they just really didn't mean much to me. But then when I saw this movie, I remember it like changed my whole perception of Disney and animation. And I've realized that these movies aren't just for kids, you know, they're capable of having larger meanings and clever and sophisticated jokes. And they're even capable of having solid plot aside from romance. And so fast forward to now and I've rewatched and fallen in love with so many Disney movies and it's all thanks to Wreck-It Ralph. And so this movie has so many jokes and puns and they're all amazing. One of my favorites are when there are Oreo guards that are supposed to represent um, the guards from The Wizard of Oz. And so, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, the guards go, Oweo, Oweo. And so now there's Oreo guards in Wreck-It Ralph and they go, Oreo, Oreo. And I just thought that was super cute and super funny. So that's like one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie. Um, and also has so many heavy moments too that just make you tear up when Ralph breaks Vanellope's car to stop her from competing right after she called him a hero. Or when Ralph sacrifices himself and says the line from the very beginning of the movie, you know, I'm bad and that's good. I'll never be good and that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. And I've seen this movie so many times and quoted that line so many times that my friend, she told me that she went to trivia and they were like, you know, which Disney movie has this quote? And they like said the beginning of it and she knew the answer so quickly because I've just made her listen to it so many times. And so top movie of 2012, Wreck-It Ralph. Other honorable mentions of this year are Les Mis. I just love all the music in this movie. And I just remember watching it for the first time and not knowing what to expect like at all. And when they sang the entire movie at the very end, when I walked out, I was like, what did I just watch? But then I listened to the soundtrack and fell in love with it. And so now whenever I watch the movie, it's just like me, you know, listening to the soundtrack all over again with visuals, just like a two hour long music video. And it's amazing. Another movie is Pitch Perfect. It's another movie with great songs and just a fun plot. And back in the day, Anna Kendrick used to be my favorite actress. And so this movie was really fun to watch. And what makes this movie so great is also the rewatchability. And rewatchability is one of my main criteria for a movie because I'm like really weird in that I really enjoy the rewatch of a movie, sometimes more than the first watch. And so if a movie is really, you know, boring to me and it just makes me not want to rewatch it, then I know it's not, you know, a movie that I really enjoyed. And the last honorable mention for 2012 is Sinister. It's another great horror film that I enjoy watching and I always recommend to horror movie nights. And this movie hits me differently. Every time I see it for some reason, there are some times when I watch it and it's like really entertaining, um, but I'm not too affected. But then there are some times when I watch it and it spooks me way too much. And so it's those times when I'm super spooked that makes it like really good and makes me recommend it over and over again. And so now we're getting into 2013 and my top film of this year is Frozen. And so if you guys have already listened to my Frozen 2 episode, you guys know how much I love this film. So I won't go into too much detail, but I was obsessed with this movie when it came out. Um, the rewatchability is so high and honestly Elsa is my favorite Disney princess, my queen. And so honorable mentions are American Hustle and then another really great film about time. And so this movie is so special to me. So special. Like if this movie came out another year, it would be the movie of the year. Um, it just so happened to come out the same time Frozen did. 
But this movie really wrecked me so hard in the theaters, and I know that everyone I watched it with bawled their eyes out when the main character and his father played ping pong for the last time before he finally has to say goodbye. And you know the moment when they go back to the past and go back to the beach, and they're walking together for one final time as father and son. That really, really got to me. And it's just a great romantic story that's funny, it's cute, sad, and also like really uplifting. And what's so special about this movie is that every time I rewatch it, I feel the same emotions all over again. I laugh at the same scenes, you know, I cry at the same moments, and I just feel the same emotions that I felt the first time that I watched it, which is why this movie is so special to me. And, you know, bonus, Rachel McAdams is one of my favorite actresses, and she's just really charming in this movie. And so the last honorable mention of this year will be Insidious 2, mainly because I think it is such a great sequel to the first Insidious. It has really good plot, you know, it has really good jump scares, and it also connects to the first movie and explains some things from the first that I think is really cool. And so in the first movie, there is a scene where there's a knocking on the door and the father runs downstairs and doesn't see anyone out the window. And so he goes back upstairs and then the alarm triggers downstairs. And so he runs back down and he sees the door open, no one's there, and it's just like a really spooky moment. And so in the second movie, they like explain that scene and I just remember watching it for the first time and thinking it was so cool. And I also think that this movie is a bit scarier than the first Insidious and it definitely left me more scarred than the first. And I just thought that the image of the woman in white was really scary to the point where, you know, at night in the darkness, I would just like imagine myself seeing her face. And so this is a really weird story, but like at my parents' house, I used to shower in one of those walk-in showers with the glass. And I would always have to close the closets before I got into the shower because if I didn't, I would be standing there looking into the darkness of the closet and just like being paralyzed with fear because I would play mind games with myself and like pretend that I was seeing the white woman. I don't know. It was just really spooky. And so this movie really did affect me. And even still, it is one of my favorite horror films and I just love it as much as the first. And so now going into 2014, my top movie of this year is Imitation Game. I think it is a solid movie with an enticing story, um, it has some great acting, and it really has a plot that really captured me. I do wish though that the ending part of his life was cut out and it ended where they were burning all the evidence after they had won the war. Um, that would have been a happier ending, of course. Um, but, you know, despite that, I really still did like this movie a lot. Honorable mentions are uh, The Grand Budapest Hotel and also Interstellar. Okay, so the thing about Interstellar is I love this movie almost equally as Imitation Game. And the only reason why I didn't choose this as my movie of the year is because it's a bit long, so the rewatchability isn't quite there. You know, if you just want to watch a movie, you don't want to sit through a really long film. Um, but in all honesty, I think quality-wise, it is a better movie and um, definitely equal with Imitation Game. And so my last honorable mention of 2014 is Whiplash. Um, again, this was a great film. I was a huge band kid back in high school, and so this was really exciting for me to watch. And this movie, like, it has the definition of tension. You know, the scene when the teacher and the student are you know in class and he's like am i rushing or am i dragging try again and the guy's like drumming and stuff and he cuts him off and goes rushing or dragging you know that scene was just so tense and it was it was nothing more than just 
you know, drumming and stuff. It wasn't like a war. It wasn't a battle. But still, in that one moment, like everyone's breath was held because you wanted to know if Miles Teller was going to finally get it right. And then you have, you know, the teacher just go crazy and finally explode. And it was just such a great scene. And so now getting into 2015, my top movie of the year is The Martian. And so for some reason to me, this year was just sort of weak in terms of movies that really stuck with me. But I do remember loving The Martian. I think I watched it about three times that year and I didn't get sick of it. And it was just captivating, funny. And for a space movie, it wasn't boring like at all. No low moments, which again is a huge win for me. An honorable mention for this year will have to go to Room. And that is because um, I love the first half of the movie more than the second. Honestly, if the first half of the movie was a movie in itself, I probably would have put it as best movie of the year. I remember watching the first half and, you know, they were trying to think of a way to escape and then they actually escaped. And you're like holding your breath the entire time wondering if they're going to make it because the son is really young and now he's like rolled up in the back of a truck and he's getting scared and he's hesitating and you're like, don't hesitate. Just like, just get out, get out. And so like, I just didn't know how it was going to go. Was he going to get caught? Were they going to get caught? And so the first half, again, amazing. It was sad. It was scary. It made you really nervous. And then the pace takes like a huge 180. That's when they're rescued and they're trying to get, you know, acclimated to normal life. And I think it's the huge shift in tone that really bogged me down. I'm not saying the second half wasn't good. It was just you went from like watching really exciting stuff to then watching a drama. And I think it was like the huge shift in tone that didn't do it for me. And so my last honorable mention of this year will be Carol. Next, we're getting into 2016. And my top movie of the year is Your Name. If you guys haven't heard of Your Name, it's because it's a Japanese anime film. And I highly suggest you guys watch it if you haven't gotten the chance. But this movie is a roller coaster of emotions that not only has a great storyline and plot, but the visuals are so stunning and it has an amazing soundtrack. Like this movie did every single thing right, which is why it is just so good. And so the first part is like a really fun body swapping film. And it's funny to watch them, you know, get acclimated to each other's lives. And then like in an instant, the tone shifts when you realize that she's been dead because of this comment. And there are so many scenes that just really wreck me emotionally. There's a scene when Taki, you know, as Mitsuha, is running towards the mountain and remembering the time when the actual Mitsuha went all the way to Tokyo to find him. And when they're both at the mountain in their respective bodies, you know, he says to her, I came all this way to see you. It wasn't easy because you were far away. And I remember just like bawling so hard um, because it was just so beautiful. And the music at the time was perfect. And of course, there's a scene when, um, you know, they're trying to write their names on each other's hands and she grabs the marker to write on his hand and then he disappears and the marker drops on the ground. Or when she's running and she falls and, you know, when she opens her hands and realizes that instead of his name, he wrote, I love you. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone in the audience had like a holy crap, like, why did you just do that kind of moment? And again, everything is absolutely beautiful and the music, like, I don't love a soundtrack more than I love the soundtrack to your name. And it's so good that, you know, my friends and I, we listen to it all the time just because it's so well done. And so honorable mentions for 2016 are Arrival, Rogue One, Hacksaw Ridge, and La La Land. And so La La Land is another movie that's really special. I love musicals. 
and the songs in this one are just really great, really catchy. It's another soundtrack that I listen to often. And two of my favorite songs are Another Day of Sun and Someone in the Crowd. Um, those two just really blew my mind. And another amazing scene of this movie is that ending sequence. The epilogue song is so well put together, but the sequence itself is absolutely heartbreaking. You know, seeing how happy they could have been together and the sacrifices they had to make to pursue their dreams over love, it just left me feeling so empty. Um, but again, that strong emotion is what makes it so great. And so going into 2017, my top movie of this year is I, Tanya. And so before going into this film, I honestly didn't know anything about Tanya Harding. And so this movie was a new story to me. Um, you know, I had no biases coming into it and I just watched it for what it gave me. But this movie definitely pulled me in. You know, I laughed. I felt bad for her. I felt mad at her mother. <laughs> and I felt so frustrated by the friend that ruined everything. And other than the plot and just like the really good storyline, another thing that really blew me away about this movie was Margot Robbie's performance. There's a scene that I will like never forget. And it's the scene when she's in the middle of the huge scandal and she's in her dressing room and she's trying to get ready. And she's putting on her makeup as she looks in the mirror. And you can tell that she's trying to smile and put on her makeup. But at the same time, she can't help but break down. And so it's like going back and forth between, you know, crying and also just pulling herself together in that moment. And it was that scene alone that made me want her to win, you know, Best Actress at the Oscars. Unfortunately, she didn't. But that scene really stuck with me. Or there's that other scene in the courtroom when she says that skating is all that she has. And she'd rather take a few years in jail than not be able to compete again. That was absolutely heartbreaking and so well done. So some honorable mentions for this year are Get Out, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Thor Ragnarok, and The Florida Project. And so I really need to call this movie out because as a whole, it wasn't a movie that I loved that much. Um, and it's definitely not a movie that I'll probably watch again in the near future. But there is this one part that really, really stuck with me. And... If you had seen the movie, you know there are moments of her daughter in the bathtub with, you know, music playing in the background and she's playing with her toys. And when you're watching them, it's like a really comical moment. And it's like really like lighthearted and everything. And then there's a scene when, you know, the mother is with her daughter and a client is about to come over because she has been selling sex for money. And she tells her daughter to get ready for a bath. And, you know, then you think back to all the other scenes with the loud music and this explains everything and then it hits and it really hit hard for me because you think back to all those scenes in the bathroom and they just have a completely different tone like a different meaning altogether like rather than being this really comical lighthearted moment now it's just really sad because in the other room you know her mom is doing whatever it takes to get the money that they need and so we're almost close to the end it is 2018 and my top film for this year is avengers infinity war and so my friends and I, we are huge MCU fans. We have probably seen each film at least, you know, three times each before a major film hits like Captain America Civil War. We would go back and rewatch every film just to prepare for it. And I know that the original Avengers was like the first time that they brought, you know, characters from separate movies into one movie. And it was like a huge feat. But for some reason, I just really couldn't connect with Avengers. I didn't love it that much. And so I didn't really get the hype and the same feeling that everyone else did about that movie. But for Infinity War, I did feel that. Um, I specifically remember the scene when they first introduced the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, oh crap, like they're doing this. Like 
they're adding everybody or when they're in Wakanda I mean everyone's here like this is crazy and so um I just really love this film I mean there's so many hype moments best moment of the whole movie is probably when Thor enters Wakanda at the end with Stormbreaker and just lightning everywhere and the music behind him is just so epic and my favorite Avenger is Scarlet Witch you know Wanda and so she has such a big part in this movie it was so great to see and she has so many like badass scenes too like there would be a time when the huge wheels um, from the opposing side was like really just stressing everybody out and she was out um, inside the building with vision and then she sees them struggling and so she comes out and like by herself just takes the wheels and blows them away and Okoye is like why was she up there the whole time and I was like right like exactly she's so cool and you know the heartbreaking scene when she has to destroy the mind stone on vision's forehead I think the acting was great and the fact that she can hold Thanos off and destroy the Mind Stone just kind of helps to make my case on how she's one of the most powerful Avengers out there. And so I remember just not expecting the ending at all. Like you never expected that Thanos would win and you definitely did not expect that like half of the cast would just die or like disappear. And <laughs> it was so funny because I remember we were in theaters and like you know, people are starting to fade away and everyone's like, no Bucky or, you know, no Falcon. And then <laughs> when Scarlet Witch faded away, I think I was like the only one who was like, oh, no, and like no one cared, but I was the only one who cared. But <laughs> it was such just a great moment. And, you know, it's just like one of those movies where afterwards you're just like, what happened? I need to know. I didn't know. And then they, they're like, oh, well, the next movie's not going to come out till a year. You have to wait a year to see what happens. Like, that killed me. Um, but funny story about Infinity War is that, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was supposed to come out a week after my finals in college. But then they did, like, this huge, like, announcement. We're going to come out one week before, which was during my finals week. And I was like, all right, school or Avengers Infinity War? And I was like, Infinity War, obviously. And so my friends and I, we watched it, I, I'm pretty sure like opening night, um, really late at night. It's a three hour film. And of course, um, the movie theater that we had didn't have reserved seating. And so it was, you know, you get there an hour early, you have to stand in line to make sure you got good seats. And so it was like a four hour commitment. And um, we did it, loved it, loved it so much that we watched it again. And then we watched it again. So we watched it like three times, I think, throughout that one week where I was supposed to be studying for my finals, but yet I just spent 12 hours of my life, you know, watching this film. And so if you were wondering how I did on my finals, I got two Ds in my classes, but super worth it because I just loved the movie. Some honorable mentions for 2018 are Game Night. And I actually really, really, really love this film. It might be one of my like top comedies of all time. I laughed the entire time during this movie. I can't remember a time when I laughed this hard during a movie, but I'm like not even lying. I think I laughed the entire time. The scene when Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman are like trying to cut out the bullet out of his arm and they're both like gagging like uh, and she's freaking out and like messing up. I, I, I don't know, I, I died during that scene. And really just everything that Rachel McAdams did during the movie was great. Um, this movie was like 100% my humor and yeah, again, one of my favorite comedies. Other honorable mentions are Vice and Tully. 
And okay, so Tolly is another movie where the ending left me with like this really eerie feeling. And I'm not sure if some people thought the ending was predictable, but I certainly like did not see it coming. And so when it did happen, I was definitely like spooked. And so finally, we're here at 2019. And um, disclaimer, I have not seen a lot of the big movies in 2019. So, you know, next week when I do hit the theaters and see movies like Bombshell or 1917, this list could definitely change. But for right now, my top movie of 2019 is Frozen 2. And of course, if you listen to my Frozen 2 episode, then you'll know exactly why. Um, I've spoken about it a lot. But again, I've seen this movie like way too many times. And I've even seen it in like three different states with so many different groups of people. So I have definitely put my time in for this movie. Um, I've had the soundtrack playing in my car since the first time I've seen it. And I know all the lyrics to my favorite songs. And I just feel like I'm back in high school to when the first Frozen came out and I absolutely loved it. And I just love like loving a movie that much, um, which is why it's my top movie of the year. An honorable mention that's really close is Knives Out. And this movie really got me. Like I loved it. And I mentioned before, but nowadays it's like really hard for a movie to capture my full attention. I know people hate this kind of person, but I am that person in the movie theater that will check the time on my phone if the movie is dragging. And I never really want to feel that way. But this movie had me on the edge of my seat because, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, who did it as well. And I mean, obviously they showed us that Marta was the one who really killed him. But I was wondering if there was more to it, you know, like there's no way that they would reveal the murderer in the first like 20 minutes of film. So I kept watching to see what was going to happen. And during the scene when they were reading the will and Marta got everything, I thought to myself, like, is Marta a bad person? Like, did she really just plan all of this herself? And then like throughout the film, I thought like maybe... Harlan Thrombey was like actually responsible for a suicide and this was like one elaborate scheme that was going to be revealed in a letter like he wrote mystery books you know so maybe this was like his final thing before he died um but then when it was revealed that the bottles were switched um but then when Marta switched it again it actually made the medicine she gave normal meaning that like Harlan was never gonna die it like blew my mind like that was not what I was expecting I like probably would have never guessed that and it like even made me cry during the flashback of when Marta was like, you know, in the process of actually like killing him and like switching up, messing up, and he's trying to calm her down. He's like, we don't have much time. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, I was crying. And that's crazy because this is a thriller film. So I wasn't expecting to cry, but I definitely did. And so I don't know. I just like really loved this film. Was fully captured the whole time. Cannot recommend it enough. And so my next um, honorable mention is... Avengers Endgame, right? You can't have Infinity War without Endgame. And I mean, what can I say? It is the end of this chapter of the MCU. And I thought it was executed very well. I mean, the going back in time thing, at first, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, it's kind of cheesy, like time travel. But then I thought about like, it's been 10 or 11 years of MCU films. Like what better way to have like a sort of montage of, you know, the past than, you know, time travel. I mean, at least they didn't just show like, a flashback montage of you know iconic clips like we actually got to go back and like live it and like you know retell it and stuff and so I thought that was really clever of course when Iron Man died I like bawled my eyes out and it's funny because like the next time I watched Endgame it wasn't just that scene that I cried it was like all the scenes prior to that when he like whenever he talked to Pepper or whenever he talked to Morgan I would just like start crying because I knew that like he was going to die you know like when he was talking to Pepper Potts and she was like 
but will you be able to rest? And then at the very end when he dies and she's like, you can rest now. Holy crap. Like that really, I was crying a lot. And then, you know, having Captain America have that dance with Peggy Carter at the very end was just like a really beautiful way to end it all. I don't love this as much as I loved Avengers Infinity War, mainly because I think there are some moments that kind of like dragged on. But again, as an ending to everything that's happened in the MCU, I thought it was great. So that's all I have for um, my top movies of, you know, the decade. And so if I were to have a final ranking, like my top 10 films of this decade, it would be number one, Your Name, two, Social Network, three, Wreck-It Ralph, four, Frozen, five, Avengers Infinity War, six, Frozen 2, seven, About Time, eight, La La Land, nine, I, Tanya, and 10, Interstellar. So thanks for going on this journey with me and thanks for just letting me be nostalgic about, you know, the movies of the past 10 years. And I also want to hear what you guys thought were the best, you know, movies of the decade. And so I'm going to post my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle in my description. And if you guys want to share, just go and comment on the post and just let me know what you guys thought. The next episode will be back to a normal format, so stay tuned. The next movie that I chose is Marriage Story. And so I hope you guys are excited and I hope to see you guys soon. <laughs>